Tandem Nomads, episode 245. It's all about knowing what you want, because that's the very first step when you realize that you have something inside you. And then based on that, you realize that what can you do with it? Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. I'm really excited to bring to you a very inspiring guest who has managed to build an amazing movement all about empowering women. And as you know, I am all about that as well. So I'm really excited to bring to you special guest, Mirella Sula. Mirella, are you ready for this ride? Thank you, Amel. Yes, of course. Always ready to talk about women and empowerment and congratulations for the amazing work you're doing. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Pleasure is all mine. So Mirella, let me uh, introduce you to our listeners here in a few words, and then we'll get into your story. So Nomad Nation Mirella is the founder of Global Women and the owner of a hugely successful global online business with a tribe of over 100,000 female entrepreneurs who believe in their potential. She is the owner of five magazines, author of 15 books, leader of 27 clubs around the world, and the organizer of more than 500 events. She also speaks at major international events all over the world. So I'm really, really honored to have you here, Mirella. It's been amazing to meet you in New York and then get to follow your journey. You've built a big movement. Before we go into the business aspect, I'd love Nomad Nation, our listeners, to get to know a little bit about your background and your story. How did you get to be where you are today? Can you take us a little bit of a, give us a bit of a insight on that? It would be a long journey. I know. But I will try to keep it short. Um, uh, For for those who don't know me, I come from a very small village and very small country. Sometimes I call it from the middle of nowhere. I had no idea who I was and what I was meant to do in this world, why I was in this world. So, uh, you know, when you start asking these questions, it's good. It's a good start. But I even didn't know how to ask these questions for quite a long time until something happens, a major thing happens to your life. Sometimes um, you need these events to happen. So mm-hmm. you, you have a breakthrough. And money, I have experienced money, many major events uh, in my life. But one big um, breakthrough I, that happened was when I lost my daughter. And at that time, I was in the village serving as a bride into a big family absolutely in the middle of nowhere uh, in the north part of Albania. And that was the moment when I started searching for answers because I went into a dark zone. You know what it Mm. means when you lose uh, the most important part of your life. I'm really sorry about that. And I had dreams, uh, but yeah, uh, things happen in life and things happen uh, for us, not to us, as they say. So it happened for me for, um, for a reason to make me stronger and uh, make me search for something beyond me and beyond that relationship that we create with our children or our family members. So I, um, I started um, exploring ways how to help myself because very soon after I realized that I was pregnant uh, with another child. And now I have a son, he's 23 years old. I'm very blessed with him. And um, because I couldn't find a way out. I thought the best way, at that time, there was no uh, 
nobody was talking about psychology or depression or negative thinking. It was was a time where people had no idea what is it about. Psychology didn't exist even. There was no university subjects on on that uh, area as well. But a few years later, I started exploring and I, um, even though I had finished my uh, degree in literature, language and literature, and when I saw the opportunity for psychology, my master's degree in psychology, I just thought I'm going to go for it because I, I want to help myself. And this is where it started. I started a complete new journey, uh, studying psychology, and then I did another master's degree in positive psychotherapy, and then I specialized in family therapy. So I managed to take myself out of um, that village to a little town and then from a little town to a bigger city. And I ended up in the capital city of my home country, Albania, in Tirana. And, uh, and that was a very critical moment because I had just given birth to my son and I was overweight. I was absolutely looking like a village woman and I was looking for a job. And of course, it was, uh, uh, it was a no, no, no. Go and look yourself in the mirror. How you dare to look for a job? Especially, I thought uh, I had talent in writing because I always loved writing. I was writing poems and I had just published my book, which I won a competition online, online in, by the phone. I, it was, uh, I was in the village when I won a competition. And um, as a result of that competition, they published my book with poems because they thought, oh my God, a woman from the village is able to write these poems. So I won the competition. And as a result of that, I thought, okay, now I can search for a job as a journalist, which it, it took quite a while until I um, had to intervene to kind of readjust myself, re-mindset myself in many levels. And um, a few years later, I found the job as a journalist. And uh, since then, I never stopped. And I developed a lot in my career. Within 10, years, I think 10, 11 years, I, I spent in the capital city before I moved to London. I achieved everything that a, wo a woman could dream in my country. I, um, I, I was teaching at university, lecturing in three different universities. I was almost every day on, on, on TV. I, I was uh, in a big famous TV show called The Love Story as a psychologist in the panel. I uh, was leading um, the biggest network for women equality in decision-making to uh, bring more women to the parliament and in politics and decision-making. And then I established the uh, Positive Psychotherapy Center. I was leading that center for young psychologists to get trainings, uh, to be able to, because that was the very first time psychology started developing in Albania as well. I also created for the very first time uh, in my home country, um, the magazine called The Psychologist, which was very famous everywhere, but it didn't exist in my home country. So I, I became the founder and editor-in-chief of that magazine as well. So we started doing a lot of projects in terms of uh, mental empowerment and women empowerment. And that was really needed, especially in a country that comes from the communist regime. Women were, were very suppressed, but also people in general were very suppressed by um, the old subconscious mind coming from the fear and anxiety of living in uncertainty and, and all that isolation that we had to go through. So uh, I went through all of this. I tried to keep it very short. And uh, one <laughs> day I had another, another um, 
kind of calling. I just felt like, okay, I um, I need to move. And I usually I say this um, often: if you are not happy where you are, then move. You are not a tree. Uh, only trees are destined to get stuck where they are. But we we can fly. And uh, this is what I did. I I started visualizing myself uh, moving around the world because I felt like that was my calling. And also, as I always uh, kind of attached with my movement, it's like you sit where you stand where you sit. I was standing for women empowerment in my country. I was standing for um, uh, like big projects in my country. But then I thought, okay, I want to, to do something bigger. But if I want to, to do something global, I have to find my seat. So if I want to stand for a global movement, I have to find a seat into a, a, a global location where uh, it, it can give me that opportunity to open doors for my movement, for my dreams, for my vision. So a vision, as I, again, I always emphasize, can't sit into a small mind. So I had to first empower my mindset and to be ready mentally to face all the challenges that I may go through. So it, it looks like now, when I, when I look back, it looks like it was a strategic <laughs> uh, a kind of journey, but it was not. I think it was more like a divine strategic interven- intervention because every decision that I was doing was a decision based on that moment, based on, on the present moment. It was not that I knew what I was doing at all. I had no idea. I had no plan. But I knew that I knew my destination. I knew that I was reaching something big, but I didn't know how. I didn't know uh, what I needed to do. I was just taking one step at a, at a time, one step a day. Every, I was just living every single day as that, this is what I all have. So the only thing that I have is this day, this moment, this particular presence, and um, the next um, the next day will show. So um, that's my story. I moved to London in September 2012 with uh, my teenager son. And when I when I came here, I didn't know absolutely nobody. I thought I knew English, but very limited. I I hardly could put two words together. Definitely, I was terrified when I um, tried and dared to go on stages. At the beginning was really, really awkward and overwhelming, but I didn't give up because um, I knew that is um, the way to to reach my dreams and my vision. And I kept going. So, of course, the first two, three years were really tough, very, very challenging. I didn't have enough savings. I didn't have a job. I was in a student visa as an immigrant and all kinds of things together. My family Mm -hmm. was not agreeing with me. I, I went through a very bad divorce as well. So it was not easy to take that decision and start from scratch mm. and completely insecure without knowing how life is going to follow. But uh, as I said, I, I, I was determined. I Deep inside me, I had a big faith, even though I couldn't see any evidence to support that vision, even though I had a vision. Externally, there was no evidence to support that vision. So I remember once when I went to meet, to meet a coach, the very first time I could afford a coach after, I think, about two years in this country. 
And uh, I tell this guy what I wanted to do. And he thought I'm mentally not stable. I said, look, you're telling me that you live in a studio flat. <laughs> you don't have food in the table for your son. And um, you uh, don't have money to pay next month rent. And you're about to go homeless. And you want to build an empire in the next five years. So how that is going to happen? I don't know. I just know it's going to happen. I don't know. And he said, sorry, but you have to come down to her. That's not going to happen. Wow. And I, I, I was very angry. And you know what I did? Uh, on the way back home, of course, I was crying. And when I went home, I just blocked him, blocked him from Facebook, <clears throat> Instagram, emails, my phone, and said, you are not going to come to say any word anymore. Right. I mean, I remember this, this action. It sounds weird, but this is um, the kind of thing that I remember that I was so determined to do what I was um, thinking powerful, I was meant yeah. to do. So what has happened? What, this, what, what was the click moment where things shifted and you started Global Women? Um, well, there are a lot of moments. Of course, uh, when, you, when you start, uh, you don't know when that... Um, when you're going to get closer to your to your light. Right. So when you start, it's like you know you're starting something that is going to bring light to your life. So I started at the beginning with Migrant Women magazine because I needed to build some confidence. I needed to understand how life in this country can start as an, as an immigrant and how can I learn from others because I didn't know anything in terms of systems and um laws, regulations. So this was the only thing that I I really needed to invest on. And of course, I kept investing a lot in personal development, in my mindset. And, and then I started attending a lot of seminars, a lot of trainings, because I didn't have the money most of the time. I was just searching, where do I find a free event? And luckily enough, in London, there are always free events happening all the time. And there was a moment when I saw an event that was a, um, a big event with uh, Kim Kiyosaki. And it just brought to me like big flash uh, lights because um, there was a time when I was reading Robert Kiyosaki, Tony Robbins in that little mm -hmm. village, sitting down in the nature, Les Brown, Jack Henfield and, and Robin Sharma and all these big names. That was the first uh, flashback that I started playing in my mind. So how life would be if I meet these people? And one day I get to know that Kim Kiyosaki is coming to, to London. And um, that was the momentum that I was sitting in. in that. And I bought a, a VIP ticket, by the way. And that's why I encourage my ladies, please never, never be stingy with yourself, investing mm -hmm. for yourself. Uh, you know, when you invest in yourself, God loves you more. Uh, universe is making plans for you. So I, I, I just, I don't know how I did I manage, but I got a VIP ticket because I wanted to be close to the stage. And I started visualizing myself. One day I'm going to be on that stage. Hmm. One day I'm going to share the stage with this lady. I, I just, I feel really scary, but I felt very confident and the as I say, the, the faith is the evidence of things not seen. So I was not able to see things, but I had I was able to see things inside. 
And things happen twice. Mm -hmm. First, have to happen inside unless you allow them to happen inside. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, nothing is going to come. So um, uh, it all started there. And then I started organizing some little events. And you know what? Attending these events all over UK, I hear everybody who's talking about business in a way that uh, in business, everything is psychology. 80% is psychology. 80% mm-hmm. is about people. 80% is about building relationship. And I said, okay, if that, if, if it is about that, then I think I definitely can, can have a business because I thought business is some, I never, I, I never had somebody in my, in my circle, uh, or family, um, as a role model to run a business, I never knew what business is about. I don't come from that background. But as I start building my confidence, listening to these people, that business is about people, psychology, mindset, relationships. I said, okay, I think I can do that then because I'm good in relationships. I love people. I have a strong mindset, definitely strong resilience. I have built my own powerful um, uh, psychology uh, deep inside. I know how to 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 use this for for good as a force for good. And um, this is how I started. I started um, at the beginning. I was not allowed to have a business because I was in a student no. visa. So I I just worked uh, with somebody else and said, Hey, how about um, you um, you become my business partner and we do this together? So I could um, somehow test the water before. I start my own. And uh, this, this was the Migrant Woman magazine. And then from the moment that I had all the rights to work in this country, immediately after I uh, launched the Global Woman magazine and the Global Woman Club, and all I remember in the very soon after, I just hit six-figure business and it just, since then, it never stopped. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> what an inspiring story. And I love, you know, um, Mirala, one of the big, Motos of Tandem Nomads and my show is turning challenges into great opportunities. And I think you're the living example of that. Like you've had many challenges as you started and you always turned them into opportunities. And there's a second thing that comes out when I hear your story is how we tend sometimes to, I see a lot of people and when I work with my clients, when they come to me, like overthink all the technical aspects of how I'm going to make this business work. Like I need to register, I need to do that. I need to invest in tech. I need to, and I often hear like, hear those, not objections, but concerns of whether or not they'll be able to do it. And I think that what I loved about what you said from the get-go is that it was never 100% strategic. You took one baby step at a time. And by having faith and determination, it led you to where you are today. So this is, I think, something that I really want to emphasize about your journey is like having that strong mindset, as well as just taking it one step at a time instead of trying to figure out all the answers at once. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Because um, many people, and I work with women who uh, are in business and want to start a Mm -hmm. business. And when I see their potential, I just feel like, why are you hiding this potential? Just start. And you're right. um, um, Most of the time they wait until they are ready. They have prepared everything. They are thinking about it. They are thinking about it. And I have women in my course now who I ask, 
how long have you been thinking about it? Like mm. one year, two years. I have a woman who told me 14 years. Mm -hmm. And recently, I, that, that woman is actually right now going through the course. I said, what? 14 years have you been thinking to run your business? And every time she, she's, she is close to take the decision, she's scared. And then she jumps into another job and another job. So uh, uh, I know it's for some people, uh, for some reasons, um, it, it just takes so long and they get stuck. They procrastinate with the idea of uh, waiting to be great, waiting to be perfect. I have a, until I have done this, until I have done that. But you don't need to wait until um, you are great because the only way to become great is starting with what you have and practicing and practicing. I would never learn what I know today. And to be honest, the most important thing which I am very grateful is not what I have created is who I have become mm. as a result of what I have created. Uh, oh my God, I'm a completely different person. So the things, the things that we have, uh, they can disappear anytime, mm -hmm. but the only thing that will never disappear is the person who you become the, the person that uh, you manage to meet at the end of the journey is like when uh, women start a business this is what I tell. Hey, get excited. Who is the person you're going to meet when you're right there? It's a new you. It's a completely new brand you that you're going to love. It's the person that you're going to admire. And this is what we need. People are not happy because what they have or what they don't have. They, are, they become unhappy because they just keep comparing themselves with others. Right. I, I don't have this and she has this. And this is this is what always kept me solid because i i can't um i can't compare my one year in this country with the other 20 years um of somebody else you have to compare yourself with your older self with your younger self with your yesterday self and that is the success if you have managed every single week every single month every single year to develop to grow to progress to um, give yourself a chance to become a better version of yourself. That is success. So this is how you can define success. Success is not something that you can chase. Success is something that you attract. You attract by becoming an attractive person. It's just amazing. I often say that for me, entrepreneurship is a spiritual journey. It's just incredible how the actual having a business has we tend to think that there is business on one side and a personal life on the other side. And once we step into this entrepreneurial journey, these two cannot be separated. And for the sake of the business, we need to grow personally and grow our mindset so that we can serve better and, and reach our, our dreams and our goals. Yeah, it's, uh, that's very true. And um, I always also say um, something that you just emphasized, that if you are not committed on finishing something that you have started, mm. you better don't start. Mm -hmm. Because by starting something and not completing it, you are simply creating a habit of failure. You start, you don't finish. You start, you don't finish. Then that's, that's, a, that's a definition of failure. But if you start something, and no matter what, you can have challenges, you have obstacles, dramas, traumas, or anything, and you are determined to finish that. Oh, my God, you're going to feel as a hero. And how you do one thing, you do everything. Once you set the bar for one success, then you do another one and another one. 
That's why it's really important that you are committed on something that you start to make it happen. And you are able to see the end before you start. You are able to complete it before you start. For example, when I started Global Woman, I had the, the end in my mind. I already completed the whole thing. I had no idea. Uh, for example, you see, I see the picture, but in order for you to have that picture, you have to put all the puzzles together. I had no idea how to put the puzzles, mm. but I already had completed my journey before I started. That is really important. And that, that takes a lot of commitment. Right. Yeah. But what has helped you like in a more practical way, be able to over, like you said, very quickly go to a six-figure business and, and develop such a huge and strong network that allowed you to do that globally? Um, number one, you have to love people. As I said, people are the most important uh, assets in, in your business, in your life, and you need to learn how to develop relationship with people. I'm all the time learning. I'm, it's never enough all my life. I keep learning the most important thing, how to build this relationship with people. But how you get there is learning how to build that relationship with yourself because how you treat yourself, you treat everybody else. And how you treat yourself, this is how other people treat you. And if you sh show respect for yourself, then other people respect you. But mm -hmm. if you don't have that confidence in yourself and that self-respect, then it's going to happen the same from other people. So if you want to build something, it's really, really important that, first of all, you have clarity in your mind and, and make have, be certain what do you want. If you are not certain, then you can write it down, write your, your goals, write your vision, and write your purpose. There are three different things. And, and sometimes women ask me, well, what is the difference between the goal, the vision, the purpose? They get confused. So first of all, you have to have a vision, which is, for example, my vision from the very beginning was to build uh, a global movement. And that was a big picture in my mind all the time. Then uh, I was having this vision. I believe I had this. I had always had this vision because of my purpose. My purpose was always, always to do something to empower women. And that probably comes from my childhood because I've seen my mother being, and many women, not just my mother, being really badly treated and abused. And uh, that was my purpose, to always stand for women, stand for myself first, and then stand for every single other woman. Because as I believe, always believe that everything you wish for yourself, wish everybody have, and then everything comes as an empowerment to you. And um, so then in order for you to reach that vision and to make sure that you stay in your lane, and you stay focused on with your purpose, you have to have goals. Mm -hmm. Without goals, you can't have anything. Mm -hmm. And many times I ask my lady, say, okay, where are your goals? I said, what do you mean goals? Oh, I don't have them. Mm -hmm. I said, you don't have them now? You don't have them here? Or you don't have them at all? <laughs> I said, no, I don't. I, I have it in my mind. I said, goals need to be written. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. have to have like daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals. Where do you see yourself in, in a month? Where do you see yourself in a year? Where do you see yourself in one, uh, in five years? And how you're going to get there? Now, of course, you're not going to have goals for five years. For example, I would say my goal is in five years to reach one million women. I don't know how, but that's my goal. At least write it down. But how do you get there by creating little chunks? I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't know how I'm going to reach the goals of five years, but I don't know. 
I know how to reach the goals of today. Right. So my goal today is to have a podcast with Amel and to write an article, to do five social media, um, I don't content mm-hmm. posts and to meet somebody or to read a book and to exercise and to, to invest in my personal development. I'm, I'm just take, giving an example. Uh, probably uh, another important thing, which I, I would prefer to share, it just makes sense in this conversation is if, um, because you, I, I know you work a lot with women who want to start their business and you're doing incredible. So uh, I uh, also like to use the opportunity, ladies, if you are listening this work with Amel, I, she's, she's absolutely incredible. They, you need a mentor, you need a coach Thank and you. you need somebody who cares for you. So I would encourage everybody to work on starting their own business because that is for me uh, also the way how we empower women in the global woman club, the whole mantra behind started. If you want to empower a woman, give her a microphone. And what you're doing, Amel, you're, do, you're giving women a microphone, you're giving women a voice, you're giving women a platform. And that, this is how everything started with Global Women. I created stages all over the world to give women that audience and that microphone and bring them in standing in their power. Because, you know, once you take that microphone, oh, my God. Women feel so powerful. Oh, yes. I'm having chills all over my body. I so agree on that one. This is so beautiful. Love it. Keep going. (laughs) And um, so um, uh, that is a big, big mantra for us. And this is how how we empower women. Mm -hmm. But uh, they might be women probably who feel like, oh, yes, yes, but life is hard. Life is difficult. Oh, all the traumas and dramas that we go through. And that's the reason I did decide one day to start sharing my story because many women at the beginning, I, I was not doing that, but many women think, oh, yes, but you don't know what I have been going through. Oh, yeah, you have, you're lucky. And I said, okay, probably I should share where I'm right. coming through. Right. And every time that a woman would come and share her story, I would be crying. Before, when I was a psychologist having my private practice, I was crying with them and, and taking all the pain with me at home. But now when women come crying and in pain, they say, darling, that's not big enough. I want something bigger. Mm. That pain is nothing. Mm. Let's open it up. Where is it? The biggest one that is hitting you because everything that hasn't killed you makes you stronger. So all the time when I hear this kind of story, I say, I've been there. I mean, there is no place that a woman has been and haven't been anything. They come and tell me I've been abused. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I lost my child. Oh, I've been there. I lost my family. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been homeless. I've been there. Oh, I have no food. I've been there. Oh, all kind of things right. that women come and tell. So don't worry, darling. I know what you're talking about. I've been there. Stop. Stop letting your story interfere into your journey. That should inspire you to go even further, not to stop you. And many women use their stories as a, not an excuse, I don't want to use that word, but as a, something that stops them. In fact, it should be the opposite. Mm-hmm. Because of that story, they have to go further. They have to go uh, beyond the story and they have to create the, the end of the story. The, the beginning of the story, okay, we don't have power. We don't have say. I was raised, let's say, for a long time, I remember, because I was raised with a stepfather, and I hated my, my, my life and my childhood and my family. And I just hated everything. I didn't have an option. But over 
once you hit 18 and once you are over 20, there is nobody to blame. If you didn't like the story in the past, take, take the pen and piece of paper and write a new story. Create your own story with a happy ending. So it's still a lot of um, journey to follow and a lot of things that we can do to not let ourselves down. But pick yourself up and empower yourself. Tap into your power. It's a lot more than you believe you have inside you. It's so much. But again, I can summarize. You need to you need to know you have that power. If you don't know, nothing is going to happen. So that is the biggest job because many people even don't know they have it, but mm. they do. Everybody has it. Number two, once you know that you have it, you have to claim it. You have, you have to, to kind of say, hey, I know you're there. You, you have to claim it. If you don't claim it, still right. nothing is going to happen. So once you claim it, then you have to take ownership of it because like, hey, this is mine. I'm going to take the license of it. This is going to be mine. I remember when I started Global Woman and because it, it went very viral and many people didn't know what is inside, they could see what only what is outside. They started claiming that I'm not able to do it. This should not be you. You don't know how to do it. And I said, hello, this is mine. Hmm. I have taken ownership of it and nobody's going to take any piece of it. This is my journey. So if you start something and you don't take ownership of that, somebody else will come and take it right. and say, hey, how about I do it? I do it better than you. And probably, Amel, you have experienced that thing. You know, Amel, you, you don't do a good job. I can do it better than you. Yes, of course, there are always people think they can do better than you. If you don't take ownership of it, right. they're going to take it. So there's, so, it, it, sorry, there's one thing that's really interesting what you're saying here. Um you're talking about the importance of taking ownership and I think really important and on top of the whole mindset. And I think that's the big message today in this episode. One of the things that you've done, I don't know if you would agree. I've watched you. I was just so amazed at the conference you organized in New York, how many people you managed to, uh, to rally to make this happen. These events happen global and, and they were as excited as it was their own project. Right. So I was wondering how did you manage to do that? And what has made you be able to rally so many people through that? Because I think that's oh also my God. a big secret. You can see I'm smiling. It's right. oh, it's it's a <laughs> it's a really really um, interesting story behind that. I never had been to New York before, ever. So this is how I do things. I was having um, it was March, I think. I was having uh, lunch with with uh, a friend. He also runs Inspirational Awards for Women. And uh, we're just going through brainstorming and uh, talking about my summit, my awards, his summit. And he said, how about we do the, the, global, uh, the global Women Awards and Inspirational Awards together this year? I said, okay. So I'm doing, I'm doing my summit and awards in July. And he said, let's do it together. I said, okay, let's do it. I said, how about we do it in New York? So I never have been to New York. Five minutes later, I take the camera and I make it public. I say, hey guys, here I am with my friend, my business partner. We have decided to do the Global Women Summit in New York. So are you happy? So all my ladies around the world, we are part of the Global Women Club. They just started going, oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I already made it public. If you want something to make it happen, Make a public announcement. Make a public promise. But 
but the thing is that I never had been to New York. I had no clue what to expect. So I had to go to New York and I used the opportunity to go to New York to speak into a, a expo. There was a, a big event for entrepreneurship. So I went there, I got a stand. That was my first time in New York. I just hired a stand. I got some magazines with me and a little banner. And I started connecting with people in, in that big exhibition. And um, I got a lot of database from that as well. And then I go to search for a venue. Oh my God, you know, you have to no. be- <laughs> That's if you manage that, you already done like everything. Oh my God. <laughs> then I thought from the moment that you feel that you're getting closer and I had booked a lot of meetings with a lot of hotels and they're like $200,000, uh, $300,000. I said, what? I go again in New York, very, very expensive, but I wanted I always wanted, always from the very beginning, I wanted to present something classy. I said, mm. this is a summit for women empowerment. How do we empower women? Creating a beautiful energy around them, creating mm. a beautiful environment where they feel respected. They feel loved. They feel seen. They feel heard. They feel like they, they are the center of attention. This is what women want. I can't do this into a little place. I want a grand place. And and at the end of the day, women were traveling from all over the world. They were coming uh, from Europe, from Asia, from all over with the excitement that they're going to New York. But mm. if they come to New York, they have to see Manhattan. Mm. They have to see Times Square. They, they are not coming to New York to, to see a corner. So that doesn't make sense. And uh, I come back again to London. And it is end of May, beginning of June, and I still don't have the venue. And the event was supposed to be in July, beginning of July. So it was like one month, like one month and a half, something like that. I still don't have the venue. And ladies are tagging me all over the world saying, I booked my flight. I booked my flight. And my team is putting pressure to cancel the trip, the event, the summit in New York to do it in London. And I said, no way. I mean, many people have booked the tickets to attend the summit, but they also booked the flights. And they they have booked their dream to see New York. I can't cancel that. Anyway, uh, I did my magic, my meditation, my pray, my mantra, whatever. And and they were putting like you have one more week, one more week. If you don't find a hotel in one week, then we're going to announce it canceled. And I said, no, you're not going to cancel. I'm not going to cancel it. I'm not going to cancel it. When I start, I know there is a reason. The reason why I announced the New York summit, it's because it's meant to happen and it's going to happen. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. And then I had some friends saying, suggesting New Jersey and some surroundings. And no, I was very close being convinced by my team. Let's book this hotel in New Jersey. It's still affordable. But I didn't like it. It was really not what I visualized and i'm so glad i said no like the night before the the big the big offer came and they said you said no to this forget it that was your last chance he said my last chance is coming tomorrow and it came and it came in manhattan sheraton five-star hotel times square great offer great opportunity it just it was just the the offer that i could afford (laughs) And we made it. And but I think you were, uh, yeah, probably you have experienced that that magic amazing. as well. 
And it was absolutely amazing because people came from all over the world and we were dancing and we're celebrating and learning and networking and going crazy. And it was one of the best experiences we it ever had. And one I'm thing glad I, I did. It was just amazing. The energy was amazing. And I have to tell you one thing that is important to me somehow. I was very impressed by the diversity of the crowd. And that's something I think for both of us is really important. That's also a big, big deal. And just to go back to the initial question, I think that this whole story that you told us is just a great illustration of probably how you run your business in any situation, including how you grew your network during the pandemic on a and turn it into a virtual amazing community. And it's been amazing for me as well to connect with some women there. So um, I, I wish we could spend more time now talking about that part of the journey, but you're always welcome to come back to Tandem Nomads. I know that the time is counted, but um, I would love you if you could tell us uh, what, what are you up to now and what, what are things happening that you want us to know about? Feel free to share with us. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always excited with new projects. I have this shiny syndrome and probably, you know, in the business, there's always a visionary that needs an integrator. And I'm all the time like having a vision and just, hey, let's do this. And I, because it's so easy in my mind, I think it's easy for everybody. And um, mm-hmm. in this way, during the COVID time, when everybody was just um, getting uh, panicked, I immediately, the week after I organized the Global Women Tech Forum, and I launched the app, the Global Women Lobby. And very soon after, I uh, upgraded the, all the members into a portal called the Lounge, so they have their own place. And also, I launched the Global Women Academy, which uh, we we have hundreds of video content from master classes, trainings, workshops, speakers all over the world. And um, recently, I launched the Global Women Business School which started with a 12 weeks program to teach women, to guide women how to start, launch and go global. And um, yeah, uh, it's, it's all the time something happening to global women, preparing for um, new projects. Of course, we, we launched magazines, new magazines as well, because that is another um, big, big, op- uh, sometimes I call it obsession. I'm <laughs> obsessed when it comes to media, to give women a platform to um, to share their story, to share their expertise, to raise their profile. So now we have I have five magazines. We have over twenty clubs around the world, and everything is pivoted, as you said, online. Once you are a member of one club, you are a member of all clubs, and we provide networking, learning, connections, and um, a, a lot of um, personal development and growth as well, which is so much needed. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's in I nutshell. This is what Global Woman is about. I love that. Nomad Nation will put all the information about Marilla and the Global Woman Club in the show notes of this episode. If you want to connect and find more information, don't hesitate. I can testify that this is such an amazing community, lovely, inspiring women, and also men. And that's another thing I loved about your community. There are a lot of men involved in empowering women in this movement, and this is important as well. So thank you Absolutely. so, so much, Mirella. Thank you. And you are such a great host. And and uh, congratulations again for everything you do. I, I admire your work a lot and your authenticity. And I just can feel that you have found your mission and your purpose to help more and more women to find their path. 
Thank you so much, Mariela. I truly appreciate that. It means a lot. And Nomad Nation, as I said, make sure to check out the show notes of this episode, all the information. And I look forward to meeting you in the next episode. In the meantime, stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.